Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Uh, We're going to go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. This is a very powerful and important biblical scripture. This is a significant scripture for the church. Say the church is a significant scripture for the church. I want to teach, I want to admonish, and I want to encourage and inspire from it today. It says this, Then Jesus came to them. This is uh, post-crucifixion and uh, after his resurrection. We call it, and scholars call this, the great commission. Say commission. And we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, say all authority, all authority in heaven, that means everything, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. All authority has been given to him. By the way, Revelation will say this, that when Jesus basically died, all right, he, the base, Revelation says this, behold, I am the one who was dead, now I'm alive again, and I, I hold the uh, keys of Hades in my hand. In other words, what the devil said, or God said Psh, to the devil, took his keys of death, and he said, I, the, I'm the boss of death now, so much more that I didn't stay in the grave, I raised to life again. Come on, somebody. That's very powerful, all right? He said, therefore, uh, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, say go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, part of this declaration. We, we talk about God, I'm never alone. Right here from Scripture, right here. And surely I'm, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be in this gathering online and in person. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you open up our hearts move in our lives, inspire us, fill the gaps in our life. We pray for grace in our gaps. And we pray, Father, he who has ears or she who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say this morning to the church. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen and amen. Give Jeremy a clap as he ends his time tickling those ivories. All right, the title of my message, and by the way, it's so great to be back. I'm back, all right. I've had two weeks off, my wife and I, or actually one week, but two weeks I've not preached. Uh, I, I went to uh, uh, Big Bear with my family, and we got some time to just rest and relax and get ready and prepared for our new baby. We are six months pregnant. I say we because I'm pregnant too. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I've been eating and, uh, and all that, all right? Uh, we got some time to relax. It was a, a, an incredible blessing for me and my family, so thank you. Let's give an amazing clap as well to Pastor Ronnie uh, Mendez and Ronnie Vargas for standing up here and teaching y'all. and So awesome. I'm so grateful for you and I'm incredibly proud of you. So yes, all right, back and we, uh, on the time, uh, uh, being on the mountain, I got a lot of time to pray and talk to God. Um, I got a lot of time. In fact, <laughs> a lot of vacation homes are in Big Bear, if you've been there. And in fact, we were kind of isolated in, in a way. Not bad, but we were the only house on the whole block. And it felt a little eerie and creepy, all right? <laughs> because I'm from L.A. and we, we're right next to each other, all right? But I had a lot of time to talk to God and 
Uh, um, we are getting ready to start a new series in March 20th, and I really want to encourage you to be part of that because in that series, I'm going to be talking about the direction of the church. I'm going to be talking about where we're headed as a church and why we're headed there. And I, uh, we are a church that believes in mission, all right? The title of my message today is called The Mobilized Church. Say it with me, The Mobilized Church. One more time, The Mobilized Church. I believe that you were created for movement. Say movement. I believe that you were created for movement. I wear an Apple a watch, all right? Some of you hate Apple. Some of you have a Galaxy watch. I don't know. I don't care. But one of the reasons I wear my Apple watch is it's because it's kind of like the Holy Spirit in a way. My Apple watch will notify me. It says to get moving, buddy, all right? Sometimes my Apple watch will say, breathe, all right? You know what? I actually will buzz on my wrist and say, breathe, all right? I have... A, 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 a move goal, all right, and of how many calories I should burn a day. I believe that you were created for movement. After six years of leading the Calling Church and 14 years of ministry, I have learned something that I haven't learned for most of my years in ministry, and that is that one of my jobs in this church is not only to preach good or bad, so to speak, I hope you think it's good, all right, not just to teach and admonish and encourage and to pray with the church, but part of my role as a, a, a pastor is to create some movement in your life. Come on, somebody, you out there, all right? Part of my role, my job is to make sure that you are keeping it moving. I was think, uh, as I was studying, I kept thinking, you know, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about when I do this. You heard that song, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it. Some of you got that. That's all right. That's called from Madagascar, all right? Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, God created for you for, for, to move, for movement, all right? A few months ago, I read this amazing book. Uh, uh, with my staff, and there was a story that really, really was incredible and amazing, and it inspired me. It's about this woman in her 60s. She was born with cerebral palsy. She uh, she was born blind and with cerebral palsy. It was it was pretty tough, and uh, all the way into her 60s, uh, she uh, most of her life. Uh, she had been helped uh, her, uh, in every single way. She basically for 60 years had done nothing in her life. Her family cared for her. Her family fed her. Her family took her to the bathroom. Her family did everything for her. Well, one day at her, at her 60, uh, in her 60s, uh, Madeline was taken to St. Benedict's Hospital where she was going to be cared for. And as the people were caring for her there, the, there was a neurologist there and he got to talk to her. He got to know her. And uh, one day he noticed um, by her side was a, a book of, of Braille. And he says, oh, wow, you, look, you, you like to read. You must read a lot. And she's blind. She has cerebral palsy. And, and he noticed she's very intellectual. She's articulate. And, but her response to him surprised him. She said, sir, no, I like everything else in my life. Uh, everyone does things for me. I've actually didn't read this book. Someone read it to me. And so he thought, this is interesting because I know she's blind and I know she has cerebral palsy, but she's very intellectual. She can, she's articulate. She can have a conversation. She can hold a conversation. So he kind of stepped back and he said, huh. He says, you know, the thing about cerebral palsy, it doesn't have any effect 
on her hands. The reason she said, no, I couldn't read uh, Braille is because because she, she didn't use her hands to read the Braille. And she says, my hands are basically useless. She calls them lumps of dough. These lumps of dough are useless. They're functionless. And so that caught him to think. He said, you know what? Cerebral palsy doesn't have any impact on a person's hands. This is quite interesting. So why is her hands functionless? All right. So he, what he did is he actually challenged the nurses and he said, nurses, when you take her her dinner or her food or her lunch, I want you in a, you know, not, this is a challenge, not to be disrespectful. I want you to put her food a little bit away from her so that it forces her to actually move because I believe that this is not supposed to dis- be dysfunctional toward her hands. So the nurses did that. They put food a little bit away for her, away from her. She got so impatient. She got so frustrated and she got upset. It actually caused her to move her arm a little bit, reach out a bagel and actually somehow scarf it to her mouth and eat it. And, they, and that was an amazing discovery for this neurologist. Basically what had happened was even though she had been born with cerebral palsy and although she'd been born blind, she should have had use of her hands for most of her life but most for 60 years she had never used her hands until the moment she was challenged until the moment she was put in an uncomfortable situation and and actually pushed her to move her hands this is a striking story because not only did she discover that her hands actually can work she uh, she asked for containers i want to i want to i want to explore the whole world now because my hands do have function and what what i'm sure my, her family didn't mean to uh, uh, derail her hands or so to speak, but because they took care of all of her needs, she never had to not use, use them, all right? So what this had done is it pushed her and forced her to use her hands, and she used her hands. She became a local artist. She became so good with her hands when she discovered clay. She started to build sculptures and, and, and was a great local famous artist. artist. They dubbed her the blind sculptor of St. Benedict's. I'm here to declare to someone today, God doesn't want you to wear the bib forever. He wants you to put the apron on and make a difference in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone, you out there. The church of Jesus Christ was never meant to be paralyzed. It was always called to be mobilized. Come on, somebody. All right, the church is not a museum and it's definitely not supposed to be fossilized. All right, my first point this morning is that the church is effective when it is in motion. Say motion. The church of Jesus Christ was called to be in motion. I know that there's great cathedrals, and I know in Europe, and I know there's great, awesome churches and, 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 and great buildings. But one thing about COVID-19 is it had forced us to get outside the building. And if you've been with us for a little bit, a little while, you know where we've been at. We've been in the parking lot. We've been online. We've been uh, helping the community in the name of Jesus. All right, The church is effective when it is in motion motion. You know, there's no other agency in the world who can fight hell. Come on, somebody. No other agency, not the world government or governments in the world, not no political leader, but uh, the, the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ have been uh, equipped to fight the powers of darkness, sin, the devil himself. And somebody say amen. You out there. It says in Matthew chapter 16 that the gates of Hades will never overcome the church, all right? So what happens when you don't move? Do you know that doctors say that you can develop atrophy? Say atrophy. 
Atrophy is something, or atrophy basically happens when you don't use a muscle. And what happens when you don't use a muscle, right? We get that word, uh, if you don't use it, you. It's the same thing with faith. God wants you to be, uh, uh, have movement in your faith and in your life, all right? Because he watched this ultimately. God wants you to make a difference in your life. He wants to make a difference in your life, and he wants you to make a difference in this world. Amen? Somebody out there. A healthy church is a church that is in motion, and a healthy believer is a believer who is also in motion. Most of the last two years, what has been difficult for the church and difficult for us is that we've been immobilized. Right? We were told to stay home. We were told to do this with certain restrictions. So, the, so it, was different, it was awkward and different for the church. And I know for a lot of us, even with using our faith, it kind of was immobilizing. But I want to challenge someone today. God wants to mobilize you. He wants to get you to move again in your faith. He wants you to get to mo- you to move again in, in your prayer life and, and your church attendance. Come on, somebody. And in your giving again and in your generosity again, not just with giving financially, but your generosity and who you are as a person. One thing I ask myself as a leader, am I moving people in the name of Jesus? Do you know that a leader, if no one's following him, he's just taking a walk? Come on, someone, you out there, all right? Part of what God has called us, not only me, but as a church, is movement. But here's a question. Why does God want to mobilize me? Why does God want to create movement in your life? Watch this. God wants to mobilize you, yes, not only to make a difference in the world and the community, but watch this. God wants to mobilize you to, make, to have impact in your own life. God wants you to have freedom. Say freedom. God wants you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I will never forget when I was seven years old when my aunt and my family took me. I was raised Catholic, but once I got to this Pentecostal Hispanic little church in Baldwin Park, I can tell you the air was thick. Something was happening. Um, The Holy Spirit was moving. That forever changed my life and helped me to know that God is powerful, number one, and that he's very real. Come on, somebody. All right. But why does God want to mobilize you? Why does, he want, why, uh, why does he want to create movement in your life? Watch this. Because you were ultimately made for somebody and made for something greater. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 through 5. It says this in the voice. It says God, and, and I really want us to know this. I really, I, I really want us to just think about this because this is so utterly powerful. God chose us to be in a relationship with him before he had laid out the plans for this entire world. He wanted us to live holy lives characterized by love, free from sin and blameless before him. He destined us to be adopted as his children through the covenant of uh, the covenant Jesus the anointed inaugurated in his sacrificial life. This was his pleasure and his will for us. Watch this 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. For he delivered us and saved us and called us with a holy calling, a calling that leads to a consecrated life a life set apart, a life of purpose, a purpose, not because of our works or because of any personal merit. We could, uh, we could do nothing to earn this, but because of, his, because of his own purpose and grace, his amazing undeserved favor, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus, watch this, before the world began. How about this? I love how uh, the voice says it and and. Timothy 1.9, watch this, because eons and eons ago, say eons, because eons and eons ago, watch this, before time itself existed, 
what? I, I really want you to know this. Before God said, boom, the Big Bang Theory, so to speak, all right? Boom. Before time existed, he had you in mind. He had you in mind for this very day, for this very hour, for this very community. Uh, God, God, you are not here for an accident. You are no mistake. You are, you are not here to take up some cosmic space. God knew your name. God knew your traits. God has a purpose. He got, God knows your history. And he certainly slapped his destiny on you to arrive to heaven when it is time to, to make a difference in his name. Come on, somebody. And when you think about it even in a bigger picture, not just individually, but God put us to all of us together for greater impact than what we can do individually. Come on, somebody. So you, whoever you're sitting next to, is not just to get up and walk away and just go home and take like from the mall like we've been talking about. It's, it's to add to this very community and culture. Come on, someone. You out there. All right. You are made for a purpose with significance. All right. God loves you. And I know that we, we have a difficult time with um, maybe social media or just in our mental health. We think we're not valued, but watch this. We think that we're not worthy. We think that we're just a result of our mistakes. But watch this. Before time began, God thought about you. And if you think about this, did he know, that all, did he know all the mistakes that you're going to make? Absolutely he did. But he still chose you. Isn't that good? A few weeks ago, one of the reasons why I was not preaching is I married a guy and his, uh, uh, his fiance who they met here in Pasadena, but he was in jail for 22 years. Can you, I don't even want to think about what he did because it sounds bad, right? But in jail, he discovered that, you know, in prison, behind bars, this man discovered Jesus. And even though he was behind bars, he discovered freedom. And he realized that most of the people who are not in jail still, they, they are behind bars, yet I'm living this free life because I've discovered Jesus Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? All right. 22 years. But watch this. He just moved to Michigan uh, to, to be with his wife. Uh, they, they both are from originally from Michigan, but they met each other because they came out here for work. And uh, I'm just so impressed with this man. Because he chased Jesus, and so he learned skills in jail. He actually led a ministry in jail, and he knew Jesus when he started coming here. And he knew, uh, he actually, when he got out of jail, he didn't go to church for a while. But the Holy Spirit, watch this, was moving him because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He moves you, and he said, you need to go to that church that's right there on, on, on Hill and Allen. And so he did. We met, and uh, it's been an amazing story. I'm here to tell someone today, you are no accident, and you are not a result of your mistakes, that you are. A, a child of the living God and you have purpose inside of you who cares what anyone said about you who cares what your family uh, how they talk down to you I'm telling you right now this preacher believes in you and God has a purpose for you in the name of Jesus why am I saying this because so much of the time we beat ourselves up we let people put us down we let others beat us down and we, we can do uh, it puts us behind bars and we want to do no good come on somebody I'm so grateful for every one of you showing up here this morning and watching online why because God moved in you come on God wants to create movement in your life all right watch this what it means to mobilize to prepare and organize troops for active service number two to make something movable or capable of movement I've been Recently, like you, probably watching the war in Ukraine, and we're praying for them. And uh, one, of the, one of the generals, I heard uh, for, the former chief of staff, uh, John Kelly, uh, he said something remarkable. And the Holy Spirit was just, just totally moving me th 
through what he said. General Kelly, all right, four-star general, he said, he said, uh, amateurs talk tactics, but professionals talk logistics. And what he was saying is that in his, his, when he was a four-star general, he had command over all the military troops, United States troops in Afri- uh, South, excuse me, South America and Central America. He was responsible for moving uh, for all of those soldiers in South America, actually the Caribbean, and Central America. And they asked him, General, uh, we see that the Russians are having a hard time moving and they're not uh, invading as fast as they want. And this is what he said. He said most People don't give credit to the logisticians. What he means is, in, or, uh, in order to get troops to move and helicopters move and tanks to move, you need millions and millions of gallons of gas. It needs to be all planned out, mapped out, so we get our troops uh, where we want them to be. As a pastor, that's what I'm called to do. That I'm trying to call to get you to move somewhere uh, where God has called you to be. Come on, someone, you out there. All right. God wants to create movement in your life. How about this? Maybe you've been immobilized. Maybe you're immobilized. You know one of the greatest immobilizers in life is? Fear. It's fear. When Karina and I, God asked us to start the church six years ago, Karina and I never started a church. And the church that we went to was awesome. It was amazing. It was a super huge, you know, Costco church, mega church, all awesome. Nothing against that. I love, I love the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. It takes many churches to reach all kinds of people. All right? I know that. All right? But, but our church wasn't a, the church we attended was not a church planning church, so we had no idea. And one of the things that stopped us from wanting to do this was fear. I wonder what fear in your life is immobilizing you from doing the work that God wants you to do, not only in your personal life, but in in your calling overall. You know that God always mobilizes his people. Watch this. Noah, God mobilized Noah to do what? To build the ark. God mobilized Abraham from uh, uh, to go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Genesis 12. God mobilized Moses. What he said, go to Pharaoh, right? He didn't want to because of fear. Who am I that I should go to him? I don't speak that well. Moses, what does he say? Go. All right. God mobilized Joshua to take the uh, uh, armies of Israel, the people of Israel, into the promised land. Uh, God mobilized David to establish the kingdom of God of Israel. God mobilized the major prophets and the minor prophets. God mobilized the 12 disciples. And to this very day, God is mobilizing the church to make a difference in this world. Let me tell you, God is not waiting on governments of the world to make a difference on behalf of his name. God is mobilizing his church to make a difference on behalf of his name. Come on, somebody, all right? We are not waiting all right, for what the government decides to do. They are, they're not the ones to decide what is morally right or morally bad. The God has called the church to decide that in the name of Jesus. Come on, you out there. All right. In scientific terms, watch this. To move an object that is stationary, it means that an external force needs to be applied to that stationary object. And I want to teach you right now, watch this. That the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 descended upon the church. Jesus, when he was raised from the grave and had this great commission meeting, he said, wait in Jerusalem. Say wait. He said, wait in Jerusalem and the power, uh, the prom- he says, promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that, 
that promise is also power, all right? What did it do to the believers? Uh, it, it gave them new power to speak in tongues they never spoken, all right? I think I don't, uh, do I have it? I don't have it. But in Mark chapter 16, it tells us, go therefore and preach the gospel to every creature, all right? You shall lay hands on the sick. You shall speak in new tongues, all right? Uh, even when you touch deadly serpents, they will not harm you, all right? So there's, there's wonderful signs and, and, and great power that God wants to give us and has given us to make a difference. You know, one of the reasons why I started a church, let me just tell you plainly, it's not in my notes, plainly and simply, because every Sunday that I went to church, I felt like, huh, this is amazing. Well, I'm not just going to sit in the seats. I played baseball for years, and when, I knew what it meant when I sat in the seats only. It meant that I wasn't playing in the game. Come on, someone, all right? I didn't want to just sit in the seats. I wanted to get in the game. Come on, someone. I wanted to hit a home run. I wanted to make an awesome play, right? Uh, What made me start a a church is I I wanted to do something. God was moving me through the power of the Holy Spirit to want to do something in my generation. I don't know about you, but I know that God wants to move you to do something in this generation too. So in March March 20th, what we're actually going to do as a church is we're going to spend five to six weeks, and we're going to talk about the mission of the church church, the direction of the church, where we're going as a church. Uh, We're here for mission. Come on, y'all. Say mission. We're here to make a difference on behalf of Jesus. I'm actually have Jeremy come on up here. So what is immobilizing you today? What is stopping you from moving forward and the purposes that God has for your life? I think about Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. God doesn't want, want you just to live a comfy life. God wants you to make a difference. And watch this. You're here today not because someone told you to come and, and, and grabbed you by the collar and, you know, I hope not. But you're here today. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is already moving in you. What is the Holy Spirit? How is he moving in your life right now? You know what the Holy Spirit often does? Because he wants to create movement in your life. First, he's going to touch your heart. That's how he's going to create movement. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. God is, is not just a, a person in Jesus. He's three in one. He's also spirit. As we worship right now, I can tell you God was already speaking to me. He was already moving. In worship right now, he was already moving. He was already breaking yokes off. He was telling someone, I love you. He was telling y'all, you were meant to be here today. I know you didn't want to get up, but you, you were meant to be here today. He said, I want you to join the church. I want you to be part of the community. I want you to get healing in your life. I want your marriage to get better. I want your your work environment to be better. I want you to be better. I want your mental health to be better. See, what God is already moving in your life. But how about make, uh, uh, let's take action and, and move with him. Come on, someone, you out there. God wants to do great things in your life. All right. I will never forget when we first started the church, obviously we didn't know what we were doing. In the very beginning, we've gained some wisdom and experience and knowledge, obviously. We've, we, we know other great church planners. But watch this. God will meet you when you take a step. That's, you know, there's the lady I shared about, she, was, she, 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 she had cerebral palsy and she was blind. But she still was capable of doing something in her life, of using her hands, 
All right. I'm here to tell you today that you're capable of great things in the name of Jesus. God wants to create movement in your life, ultimately movement for mission, to mobilize for his mission and his purposes. Amen. Somebody out there, I want to have every head bowed and every every eye closed for a second. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.